welcome to the People's Choice Award podcast, brought to you in partnership with Tier 1 People and Fintech Australia. The Finneys, Australia's largest and most prestigious Fintech awards are fast approaching, and we want you to be part of it. Sponsored by the Victorian government and major partners Vocus and SwiftX, the Finneys are a chance to celebrate the amazing people, incredible innovations and remarkable resilience that the fintech industry is known for and built upon. Thank you to MasterCard for sponsoring and presenting the award for Emerging Fintech Organization of the Year at this year's Finneys. We look forward to seeing everyone on the 9th of June in Melbourne. And don't forget to make your vote in the People's Choice Awards. Today, I'm joined by Ivan Chirilov. He's CEO and co-founder of Open Markets Group and they're up for Emerging Fintech of the Year Award. Congrats, Ivan, and welcome to the show. Thanks, Dexter. Thanks for having me on. Um, We've never spoken before, so you're going to have to not just share with the listeners, but share with me a little bit about Open Markets Group and what you do. Yeah, well, you know, you haven't... You haven't noticed me, so haven't invited me until now, so that's good. Um, if if it's any consolation, about. I've had a few of your employees get in touch saying I should get you on the show. So, um. ah, good, good. <laughs> that's good. That's good. I've I've got some providers in the business. That's good. Well, we'll be talking a little bit about culture, I'm sure. So that's good. Uh, but look, Open Markets Group is a, it's we were a trading wealth management infrastructure fintech. So we provide the infrastructure, the market connectivity to. A lot of the fintechs out there, so, you know, self-well superheroes of the world, which I think I've spoken to some of, um, uh, the, the robo-advisors, like the stock spots arises uh, of the world, and then also direct market connectivity uh, and access to financial planners and et cetera. So essentially, we are the pipes and plumbing, the infrastructure in the background doing all the sort of heavy lifting to make these fintechs innovate better platforms. Fantastic. So, um, so it's a really easy, easy, easy business to explain, as you can imagine. Well, yeah, it's a, I mean, I think the, the context that you've given there, I mean, most of our, most of the people you've mentioned have been on the show, right? So our listeners all know and probably are, are users of some of the, um, yeah, the, the apps themselves. So how did the origins of, um, open markets group come about, Ivan? Yeah, so um, I used to run a uh, fintech called Tradefloor, uh, which uh, Brock and myself, who's my co-founder, started at the end of 2014. Um, at the end of 2019, uh, we came together together with Open Markets, uh, which was sort of one of those first trading as a service brokers, if you will. Um, and uh, so end of 2019, we formed Open Markets Group uh, trade floor needed to grow outside of just sort of options, which we were living in, um, and building sort of risk management systems and options trading games and that kind of stuff. Um, then open markets needed more technology ultimately. Um, and so it was basically, uh, especially in hindsight, sort of a marriage made in heaven. Um, and so we came together and, um, and it, yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a heck of a, sort of 18 months or so, uh, 19 months since we've joined. But yeah, um, that's sort of 
That's sort of the quick two seconds of, yeah. of how we came together. What what gave you the foresight then to kind of provide the the pipes and the plumbing behind some of these businesses who are you know in themselves I think really exciting fintech organisations. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, it's you know you, you don't really wake up uh, in the middle of the night going, you know what I really want to do? I want to <laughs> run a clearing trading business and and run the pipes and plumbing. Um, but one thing that we did want to do, and, and it took us sort of two, three years to get to where we got to with, with open markets through a whole heap of kind of failed events with, with different sort of clearing providers. But what we did see is that technology is uh, not really at the forefront uh, of a lot of these um, uh, kind of uh, traditional financial services companies. And and we saw that there's, there's, a, there's a definite opportunity in uh, in really making things more efficient, automating a lot of technology. We've had a lot of know-how and expertise on the trading side. And then you sort of go in into the, into the broader world and, you know, and as, as we, after we did come together, we went, okay, so there's, you know, open markets already had a couple of these fintech clients, um, you know, it was very much ahead of the curve uh, around offering API services. I think they started in 2016. Uh, uh, doing that part and it already had kind of, you know, self-wealth and raise on the platform. And so, you know, and then you, you look broader and you go like almost 90% of the people in Australia don't have access to advice. Right. And so then you go, okay, well, there's got to be an opportunity here to go in and bring the whole thing together to build an ecosystem around all of the different parts of the business, join them up and, you know, and, and, and ultimately become, like a B to C to B business on some level, pairing you know that that sort of eighty nine percent of the people uh, that that don't have access to a financial advisor with 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 either scaled advice through technology mm. or or ultimately through um, an advisor. Were there were there any kind of models that you could see in other industries that had given you some inspiration for this model? Uh, I think that uh, I think on some level the Charles Schwab story in US has been uh, one that's been interesting. Um, I think that they. Uh, I remember reading this. My background is a you know I used to be a trader, so I still kind of wake up, you know, four or five o'clock in the morning sometimes, check CNBC or, or, or Zero Hedge, depending on how bullish or bearish I'm feeling in the day. But um, I remember when they went out and and came out with with Zero Brokerage everyone went, hey, what are they doing? They're an online business. And they've just decided to bring out zero brokerage. Like, how does that work? Mm. And uh, I think the subsequent release was that only 3% or so of their revenue was actually associated with brokerage. And they expanded to all of these other areas, whether that be uh, providing more financial product through the pipes or whether that be um, uh, ultimately uh, having sort of, those people that they're not licensing, but essentially what we see, what we call the IFAs, the independent financial advisors. And so they've, 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 I think they've done a really good model there. I, I think that we're, we're, you know, Australia is obviously quite different. Our market mechanics are quite different. But I think that there's a little bit in there that, that was, that, that sort of inspired us. We've not seen a great deal of disruption um, in the, the superannuation space, but it's a huge market. You know, and the, the, the wealth market itself here in Australia is huge as well. Other than yourselves, like, what do you think needs to happen to, for c- customers and consumers to see more innovation in this space, Ivan? Yeah, it's a good question. I think, 
Um, I mean, obviously, I think the answer is us. Uh, but uh, but look, it's it, it's like financial services is equally so easy and so hard. And um, uh, you know, for, for anyone who's tried to invade in the financial services space, I, I think they know exactly what I mean. But I think that for where we're trying or what we're trying to do is is, is really growing on that um, uh, on on that on that pipes and plumbing component so that fintechs can go and innovate and and come up with uh, their solutions in their niches to go in and solve a particular problem. So you mentioned super and obviously we're, we're, we're super excited about uh, superhero launching a super product. That's almost like a pre-written line, which I, I swear I have not written, but just with how much I've used the word super. But, you know, I think they've got a, a really cool product that, that potentially will look to start disrupting some of that space. There's a lot of other areas within financial services as well, even in the scaled advice space where, you know, essentially I think that it's almost impossible for a fintech to come in and innovate across the entire end-to-end stream. Mm. So you need providers like us to make it affordable, to make it accessible, to reduce the friction, do all that sort of hard stuff, whether they're being, you know, KYCing a client or providing pipes and plumbing to the exchange or whatever it happens to be. And then for for uh, for fintechs to come in and really just access that, piggyback off that, and then just, just build their solutions. Mm. And I think that that's sort of the way that we see the world. And, and, and yeah, I think the next five years or so are going to be quite quite interesting i think we're going to see that model replicate across not only in australia but but in other areas yeah um and uh and you know and hopefully in australia that that super kind of world will, will get a little bit disrupted as well because it's quite a quite a quite a tight space yeah it is now i wanted to talk a little bit about the last 12 months because that's essentially you know what how the the awards are being assessed is it over the the last 12 month period um we go back 14 months I mean, the markets would have tanked about 30 percent and i think we were all kind of expecting that there was going to be economic armageddon um it's kind of not transpired that way but how how was it for you at that period where you've recently just gone and partnered or you know um launched the open markets group and the the markets are tanking. Can can you take us back to kind of how you were thinking and feeling at that time, and then the journey that you've been on since then? Yeah, it was it was, uh, it was an interesting time. Uh, so we we essentially so we come into this office in sort of in, into the open markets office in the middle of December or early December or whatever it was, and then uh, of course we're also uh, at head office is in Victoria, although for the next two weeks or so. But, but, um, and so obviously we, we had the, these, these super strict lockdowns. So we, we kind of, we just started, we go, okay, you know, there's a lot of work here to do on the culture side in particular. And, uh, you know, you're in for three months, markets tank, which is actually, you know, ironically that, 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 that kind of gives, uh, generally a boost to, to the, to the, to the, uh, to the brokers out there, yeah. although we didn't see a lot of that um, spike uh, that month, we actually saw it as more people rushed towards digital, digital solutions. Um, you know, like the Southwells of the world. I think Southwells started picking up a whole heap of clients after that. Yeah. New traders coming in because everyone's sitting in lockdown, and we started growing. So we we 
we in April we, we acquired this business called C Cube. Yeah, uh, remember that. Coming, yeah. So, so coming and in, coming into March, we sort of went from twenty eight to seventeen people, as you typically get out of you know two businesses coming together. Uh, you know, there's there's the sort of efficiencies and and a change of direction. So, so people either leave or get us to leave. Um, you know, and then over the next twelve months, or just over twelve months, we we actually just ticked over from you know from seventeen to to one hundred and fourteen people. Wow! And that essentially that whole thing is you go from having one office with a satellite office in Brisbane, essentially, to having a, over 100 different offices, right? Because everyone's sitting at home uh, kind of on Teams and and Zoom and WebEx, you know, depending on what person sets up. And it, it definitely was quite interesting. But we, we we had a couple of interesting ideas. You know, we, we sort of have Friday night quizzes and, you know, everyone comes with a drink. We tried to replicate that environment of, of an office as much as possible. And um, we ended up, you know, in terms of, you know, you look back on the last 12 months and you go, you know, like we've, we've had tremendous growth in the business and et cetera, and, and that's awesome. But the thing that my COO, uh, Dina and myself are most proud of is going and saying, well, we took a culture which, you know, the analogy that I always make is if you had a choice between going to a morgue and the open markets office in December 2019, you're basically having a, like a rave party uh, at a morgue. Like that was that was what it was like. It was like it was, it was terrible, terrible culture at that point in time, and now we've become. That's quite you know, honest of you to of say that. Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty honest when it comes to these things. Um, you know, it was we. I remember we was coming into that office at that point in time, and we're like, and, and like it was it, any kind of, even if there was a kind of a, a difficult culture at that point in time before that coming into a merger, you've got a new CEO coming in, like that kind of stuff is is always not easy for staff. Yeah. And that transition, creating kind of a new vision, you know, people go look at me and go, okay, that guy's 12 and he's running us. Like that's really weird yeah. and scary. <laughs> and so, you know, and um, and now we've got this culture where, you know, obviously um, if if uh, some of some of our guys are reaching out to you going say yeah we need to talk that yeah, that's probably sort of a tick of approval but also we get a lot of referrals inside the business uh for people to work with us and etc so we it's, it's definitely not been easy but we've we've come out at the end of that with uh, an awesome culture a really tight-knit group um and uh we're kind of not phased by the by the boundaries of having mm. people in Brisbane, Melbourne and, and Sydney. So yeah, it's been pretty good. So in terms of kind of customers and revenue, what what kind of growth have you seen? Yeah, so we've we've sort of we've tripled our uh trading uh, uh volumes, we've doubled our um revenue over this period, um, and we've got some some really good things in the pipeline. Uh, to really exceed it, um, you know, we've we've taken uh, really at the end of 2019 when we came together, it was you know a pretty small fintech with, with five people, um, a, a, a heavily loss making financial services business that we've restructured, reformulated. We took it since March 2020 up until sort of end of last year. Uh, we had you know record month after record month. Uh, increased profitability. We started investing a lot more into staff. Uh, we've ticked over back to the, sort of the red side of the ledger uh, uh, now as, we, as we're gearing up for the next phase of growth. And um, uh, and so we've, we've 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 had a really awesome twelve months. We've got another, I think, awesome twelve months ahead of us. 
uh, with some of the new new things that we've we've been working on over the last yeah, sort of over that six twelve month period and investing in. So it's it's definitely been a uh, a bit of a roller coaster on some levels, but uh, but you know, pleasingly, uh, February was was our, uh, our latest record month, and you know we haven't been too far away in, in the last couple of months. So it it's. It, it's a, it's an awesome story, I think, for for anyone who's coming into the business, for anyone who's been watching the story uh, unfold, and and all of my friends who said, "Mate, you should not do anything with open markets at uh, at the end of 2019." So it's it's good to sort of prove them wrong on some level. Fantastic, <laughs> awesome. Um, how have you managed to kind of you you talked about the culture, Ivan? But how have you managed to retain that DNA? I mean, going from five to 114 or whatever it is. That's a yeah. That's a lot of different kind of culture evolutions, and um, even business changes. I could imagine your business has probably been three three different businesses in the last twelve and a half months. Yeah. So uh, I think um, uh, you know I think probably the the trickier part is 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 actually has actually been uh, bringing on uh, two other businesses post our. Yeah merger um because it's, you ultimately have sort of four you know four different culture sets coming in i think that the thing that really set us apart or at least this is what what what, what our guys are telling us and, and, and the reason they really like our culture is i'm extremely transparent with with staff yeah and that's fed through the entire exco so you know uh, most of our staff um if they're attending the the sort of we yeah, you know, we have these town halls and et cetera. We're completely open about where our financial position is. You know, what are we? You know, what are kind of the big challenges we're we facing, and et cetera. And the fact that you know, sort of, your kind of what would typically be seen in a in a hierarchical structure, which at some level you have to have with so many people, but it doesn't matter who you are and what part of the business. You know, our door is is literally always open so it's so people regardless of of you know if they're if they're sort of a intern coming in from uni or or if they're more senior we don't always have the the time to go on and have a our conversation with 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 anybody but everybody's voice is is heard um and and, and we're trying to make sure that we keep that going as, as we go and then going down one level in terms of how we're ultimately structuring the business is you know we we do want to have like uh, sort of a collection of mini startups effectively within, within a broader startup so that, you know, where the culture that we're trying to set is that, you know, people are empowered to make decisions that they're, you know, that even if I, for example, might not agree with the decision someone makes, doesn't mean that that's right or the wrong decision. So trying to have that open dialogue, which is obviously a lot harder than it, than, than, than it seems because, you know, I've got a pretty clear vision for where we're going and what we need to be doing. But having said that, how we actually get to that, um, there's a lot of empowering across those individual units. When I've looked at companies that have grown, Ivan, over this last five, six years, one of the, you know, everybody says that, hey, it started to get really difficult when we got this kind of 40, 50 people because then you weren't all huddled together in one room and you just and kind of overheard and when you're transparent, you're just having conversations where everybody can hear, right? And so mm. through osmosis, the kind of transparency help everybody feel, hey, well, I'm included in this. Um, not every if not everybody's on the Zoom call and you know, you're only doing a Zoom call every, you know, every 
couple of days or so, you just miss out on that, you know, that, that kind yeah. of feeling of people being involved. So it's, I think it's a real challenge, right, for every every single leader that I'm talking to out there of how do you kind of keep that energy, you know, and that culture and that, you know, just feel that 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 kind of sense of belonging as well. Yeah. And that's, you know, like our, our people culture guys, um, and we've, we've just sort of added some, uh, some people in that as well have, have done a phenomenal job in terms of maintaining that checking in with everyone, seeing how they are. Um, you know, like there's, there's, they're very by their nature, very caring and, and, mm. and uh, empathetic people. And then in terms of the actual on the work front, um, we've, we've added people, um, from, awesome places like, you know, sort of ANZ Adventures and et cetera, ANZ X, I should say, uh, that that their whole job is really to drive that collaboration coming across teams and, and people. And it's I, I totally agree. That that has been a massive challenge. And, you know, we're we're just about to move in in Sydney and we've we've just been looking for office space in, in Sydney and in Melbourne. And the spaces that we're looking at, like the actual physical uh workspaces have now changed right mm. like there was a lot more hot desking a lot more collaborations uh breakout spaces and all that kind of stuff so i think that you know the workspace has shifted probably yeah. forever yeah absolutely now this is people's choice award and uh you know the listeners and and i guess you know the customers and and the fintech community gets to vote for their favorite fintech this year so why should people vote for open markets I, I think that uh, uh, as we sort of said at the start of the of the call, um, there's a couple of my clients that have been on the show. They wouldn't be here without us. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, I think so, one one of them's a finalist against you, right? So uh, that's yeah. No, look, I, I think there's there's a couple of our clients that have actually made it, which is awesome. Um, uh, I think I'm I'm coming up uh, on a couple of different different streams with some of them, which no, look honestly, uh, I, I, it's the thing that that I think is very pleasing is that we're all clearly kind of in a uh, in a uh, in a very tightly knit space, and um, uh, you know honestly, if, if some of the other guys were to, were to win, um, I'd be I'd be super stoked for them, and I think vice versa. So yeah, you know we've we've all had a a, a crazy. Uh, 18 months, obviously, you know, and, and I think that, um, you know, we, ironically, we were sort of thinking about this, uh, you know, putting in an application into the Finneys last year. Uh, and I remember we, we kind of looked at it when, you know what, it's just like, there's, there's nothing really that amazing to talk about. Mm. Um, I think in the last year, obviously, you know, we just came together at that point, in time, but now we've, we've actually got quite an interesting and compelling story. Yeah. Um, you know, the guys that have known open markets from the past said this is the best turnaround story they've, they've potentially ever seen in the markets. Mm. In terms of why, why people should vote for, for us or someone else, honestly, um, I, it's not for me to, to make that call. But, um, you know, I think that we've all had quite an impressive year and hopefully next year is, is, uh, is just as prominent. Mm. So, so, so hopefully if I were doing win this year, uh, we'll, we'll have a crack at yeah. it next year. <laughs> when, when you look back at this last 12 months, what would you say you're kind of most proud of that the, che- the teams achieved together, Ivan? Yeah, I think um, the most obvious answer would have been, you know, that we, we sort of went from where we were to, to sort of, you know, um, pretty close to an IPO. But but I think that the, the real thing that I'm most proud of, without any doubt, is, is that culture 
turnaround. Um, not only have we actually got that collaboration, which sounds really counterintuitive based on what we were just talking about, but we've actually got teams working together, people bouncing ideas of each other, even though that it's all been over mostly over Zoom and et cetera. And we just went through putting together a whole new board of, of really super experienced directors that we're super lucky to have. And, uh, and the thing that we always spoke most about isn't really, you know, you can see the numbers and, you know, obviously it's going to become a lot more open for us soon, but, but the, the culture is the part that you can't put on paper and the kind of, you know, you're, you're the buzzing of the company. Mm. So there's no doubt that, that, that has been the hardest challenge in, and, and the most exciting, proudest moment that, that, that we've managed to achieve. Yeah. You've uh, created, what, 109 jobs as well in a time where you know, the economy's <laughs> really needed less. them as well. So, um, yeah. you know, I think there's a, there's a lot there that you should, you know, and I'm sure you are proud of. Um, fantastic story, Ivan. It's been really great to have you on the show. And look, we wish you and everybody at open markets all the best in the finals i mean uh, you've you've mentioned it yourself i mean you are in such great company the finals the competition just gets tougher every year so it's an amazing achievement for you to have to have got here and a lot of fantastic reflection of all the great work that you and the team have done over this last 12 months Thanks, Nick. It's uh, it's uh, very kind of you to say, and uh, and yeah, totally agree. It's there's uh, some serious heavyweights in in some of those categories. So there is, yeah. Congrats. Thanks, mate. Thank you. Thank you to Mastercard for sponsoring and presenting the award for Emerging FinTech Organization of the Year at this year's Finnies. We look forward to seeing everyone on the 9th of June in Melbourne. And don't forget to make your vote in the People's Choice Awards.